the visit of the wise men to Jerusalem is one of the most well-known events in the Bible. In some way or other, it, it features and Christmas cards. It's prominent in school nativities. It's well known, but so often, in some way or other, misunderstood. Indeed, we know very little about these men. But what we are told is very significant and important. There is really only one major point that is emphasized in Matthew chapter 2 about these men. They came from far and worshipped the newborn king of the Jews. The word wise in our translation is a reference to the fact that they were in some measure scholars. They studied the sky. We might think of them as scientists, but they they went a bit beyond science. They were seeking to understand how the God who was behind the stars interacted with the world around them. They were interested in everything and sought to provide explanations for things that happened. We are told that they said, we have seen his star in the east. We don't know why they particularly identified this light that they saw in the sky with the birth of the king of the Jews. And some of the skeptics over the years have said it's impossible that men from far away would know anything about the Jews and their beliefs and their hopes for a coming Messiah, a new king on the throne of David. But that is false. That is to forget that some about 600 years earlier, the Jews had been taken captive to Babylon, where men like Daniel became prominent. And that even after the return unto Ezra, most of the Jews had remained in Babylon. And indeed, they had spread out into Persia and so forth. They had retained their Hebrew scriptures. They had continued to practice their religion. And so, scholarly men from that area would have been well aware 
of the beliefs and teachings, the hopes, the prophecies of what we know as the Old Testament. Think of the prophecy of Balaam in Numbers 24, verse 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. And Edom shall be a possession. Seir also shall be a possession for his enemies. And Israel shall do valiantly. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion and shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. And Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 said, Very well known prophecy. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And this is not even to take into account of all the mighty prophecies in the book of Daniel. Daniel being there in Babylon, in the east, would surely have been remembered well by the Jewish people. And so it is quite probable even that those who considered themselves learned and wise would have been aware in some way of these great hopes of the Jews for a king to be born. And somehow they came to connect the light they saw in the sky with his birth. We don't know anything about the star except it was a light they saw in the sky when they were in the east and then a light they saw in the sky as they approached Bethlehem. It is a complete waste of time to try to work out astronomically what it might be. Although some astronomers have made suggestions that might be relevant It could, on the other hand, have been a miracle. We do not know. The scriptures tell us little about it, except that when these men saw the sign, they thought of the newborn king of the Jews and set out to find him. These men came a long way to find Jesus. They responded to the light that they had been given. Please remember, we have been given so much more light than they had. They came and worshipped 
we have the complete record not only of the birth of a baby but of his life, his ministry, his miracles, his teaching his death his resurrection his ascension we have God's complete revelation on the subject they came to worship the little child we worship and proclaim the king of glory before whom every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. These men came because they would believed they would find he who was born king of the Jews. Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is not mere intellectual knowledge, a knowing of the facts. It is active belief. These men came to seek Christ. They came to worship him. They came believing he was worthy of worship. Is that you today? I know. Folk come to church for different reasons. Sometimes people come because they're expected to. Sometimes folk come because it is habit. Sometimes people come to meet their friends. Or even just something to do. But we gather together and have these times of worship because of who Jesus is. We gather together to learn about him. And to worship him. The Lord of glory. The Saviour. For he shall save his people from their sins. So these, these men came seeking Jesus Christ. But secondly, they were pointed to Christ by Scripture. Whilst it is possible that their background knowledge about the coming King of the Jews had come from the Jewish Scriptures, it is certainly the case that when they got to Jerusalem, they were pointed to Jesus by the Scriptures. And it happened in a most unusual way. When we read through, we saw what happened. They arrived in Jerusalem. They started asking the question. 
Where is he, verse 2, where is he that is born king of the Jews? But instead of people telling them, and instead of people rejoicing over the birth of a newborn king, we read, verse 3, that Herod, the king, and all Jerusalem with him, what, what were they? They were troubled. There was no rejoicing when they started asking people this question. Nobody pointed them to Micah and said, he is born in Bethlehem. Instead, we read that Herod, the king, Herod the Great, made an investigation and found out. Verse 4, he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together and demanded of them where Christ should be born. Secular history tells us that Herod was a terrible man. Yes, he was clever. Yes, he had on occasion done good things. He had delivered the people from a terrible famine on one occasion. But, above all, he was known for believing that killing people solved problems. That was his philosophy. He lived by it, even to the time that he died. He even killed one of his wives. He killed several of his sons. He killed many of the Jewish people. The man wasn't a Jew, although he thought of himself as king of the Jews. He had his power because of Rome and the authority that they trusted in him. He was clever. He was crafty. But he was terribly cruel. He didn't stand any hint of arrival. No doubt people were fearful and troubled to hear this suggestion that a new king had been born because they feared what Herod would do. So Herod made investigation. He demanded where Christ shall be born. In verses 5 and 6, we find that the Scriptures were brought before Herod. The leaders knew all about where Christ would be born. Verse 6, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. They knew the Scriptures. But they weren't living in the light of Scripture. There's no hint here that they rushed off to Bethlehem to worship. 
they told Herod what he asked and left it at that. We can understand them being fearful of Herod. Such a cruel man. But days do come when men who are cruel have to be presented with the truth. Then we see that it was Herod who brought the truth of Scripture to the wise men. He might have expected that such a cruel man would not merely have been angry with them for seeking out one he thought of as a rival, but that indeed he might have had them cruelly killed. But he didn't. Verse 7, He privily called the wise men and inquired diligently what time the star appeared and sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. He was crafty. Herod was in God's hands the instrument of the wise men being kept safe of hearing the truth of Scripture pointing them to Christ. Of sending them indeed to find Jesus, the young child in Bethlehem. We have God's word before us. We regularly read it. We hear it taught. We hear sermons preached. It's truth applied to our lives. Do we treat it with apathy? Do we rebel? As Herod did. Seeing it perhaps as dangerous or do we respond with faith seek Jesus and worship him as these wise men did we have the whole of scriptures And it is the scriptures that point us to Jesus. How much of it do you read? How well do you know it? Can you say with the psalmist, Psalm 119 verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When you read the Old Testament, do you find the Lord Jesus Christ? Remember the risen Lord Jesus on the road to Emmaus with those despondent disciples. What did he do? He spoke to them. Luke 24 verse 27. 
And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. These wise men were pointed to Jesus in Bethlehem by the scriptures. Micah in chapter 5. We have more of the scriptures than they had. They point us to Christ. Do you study them? Do you respond in faith? Do you believe and worship? So we see that these wise men, uh, they came seeking Jesus Christ. They were pointed by Scripture to Christ in Bethlehem. And finally, we should note, most importantly, that they worshipped Christ, the long-promised Son of David. He who would be a blessing to all people was worshipped after his birth by both Jews and Gentiles. The arrival of these wise men showed that as Isaiah had promised, the light had gone to the Gentiles. Isaiah 49, verse 5, And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him, Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserver to Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. This birth of Jesus was indeed good news for all peoples. We have heard the news of Jesus' birth even as these wise men did. These men had come in faith to worship Their visit had involved time and effort. It was no brief prayer, quick reading of a few verses, or even an hour or two on the Lord's Day. These men had set out to travel a distance of perhaps 800 or more miles, perhaps 40 or more days of traveling. To reach Bethlehem. And now when they got there. They humbly. Worshipped. Verse 11. When they were come into the house. They saw the young child with Mary his mother. And fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures. They presented unto him gifts. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. They fell down and worshipped him. 
There's a careful emphasis in the text. They didn't worship Mary, although she was there with the young child. They worshipped Jesus. And they gave their gifts unto him. They gave their gifts to Jesus. What humility they had. What generosity. The Lord loveth the cheerful giver. As they fell down and worshipped, they were acknowledging their subjection before Christ. They came with these gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gifts fit for the king. Remember, he received these gifts as a young child just before his arrest, just before his cruel crucifixion. He received another gift. Remember in Matthew 26 we read of the woman who took that precious ointment and poured it upon his head. Jesus received criticism about that. But he said, Matthew 26 verse 12, in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Christ was honoured in his birth and he was honoured before his death. Matthew's Gospel begins with this question, where is he that was born king of the Jews? That ends with him on the cross with an accusation Written as a proclamation, Matthew 27 verse 7, and set up over his head his accusation, accusation written, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. It was meant as mockery. He was reviled as part of his humility, humbling on that cross. But that mockery was true. The wickedness of man presented God's truth to all who looked and saw. Just as Herod had pointed these wise men to Bethlehem, so the cruelty of putting those words on the cross, the mockery of it, proclaimed God's truth to all. The Gospel of Matthew begins with these wise men worshipping the young child. It ends with the risen Christ being worshipped by his disciples. Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. It begins with Gentiles coming from far 
to find Jesus and worship him. And it ends with his disciples being sent out into all the world to make disciples of the Gentiles. Matthew 28 verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Remember, this is after his resurrection. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. During his earthly ministry, he had humbled himself. He was physically only in one place. But now, after his resurrection and glorious ascension, we have the precious promise that he is with us always, even unto the end of the world. It is our job to proclaim Jesus, to call people, to repent, to believe, to worship, for he is worthy to receive all glory and honor and praise. Dear friends, may we learn from these wise men. May we see Christ and worship him, falling down before him. May we heed his call to make disciples of all nations. Does your heart rejoice in the good news of Jesus Christ? Do you worship him? Have you seen your own unworthiness? Cast yourself down before the King of glory. Oh dear friends, come in repentance and faith today. Trust in the finished work of Jesus on that cross. The glorious hope and truth of his resurrection. His Lord. Bow before him today as your Savior. Oh, remember. It is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. The judgment. When every knee will be made to bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. The judgment so solemn, so serious. When there is no hope for those who have despised Jesus Christ in this life. Let that not be you. Turn to him, repentance and faith today. Amen.